0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman back with you after what I hope was a great July 4th weekend for you all. Uh, Wherever you are listening to us today as you're back at work, and I know it it sucks. It sucks to be back at work. certainly does. But wherever you're listening to us on your way to work or at home doing whatever it is you do on a Monday morning, We appreciate you guys very, very much, especially our great servicemen and women out there across the country. We got a great tweet on the 4th of July from a friend of yours, I guess. Who, I mean, if you're going to have to be overseas, do it with steak and brats and sausage, man. I was impressed (laughs) with the spread.
1: Yeah, he he had lots of practice, too, uh, you know, grilling for me back in the day here in Stark, Vegas, back in the college days Uh over at.
0: He, he was y'all's cookout guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. He he didn't live with us, but he was over there a lot, and uh, he he was he was often there grilling, having ha, having some fun, and uh, yeah, I've I've ate off the grill of uh, of of Ryan Connolly once before. So uh, Ryan,
0: shouts out, look good. All right, get home safe, brother. Yeah, stay home safe. Stay safe over there, my friend. Owe
1: him a meal when he gets home too.
0: You know what? Well, I'll I'll go in with you on that too. Uh, <laughs> hey, there we go. Hey man, guy guy listening to us overseas. He he I'll, started... I'll buy his dinner. <laughs> <laughs> so uh Sometimes sometimes I just you know sometimes I just have a thought and I don't know I just follow it and I don't know where it goes. Um <laughs> uh, our, stra- our, stra- our strange our sponsor strange our strange sponsor Strange Brew Coffee. I watch Stranger Things this weekend. It's so still
1: 4th of July weekend I got,
0: for us. I right? got the <laughs> I got the strange things on my head right now. Uh but of course they're over there. This time of year is so hot. It's so hot. Go get you a nice ice cold frozen hot chocolate. Or one of their many frozen drinks, or head over to Churn and Spoon and satisfy your sweet tooth with some of their incredible creations.
1: Or if you want to mix the two, you can do uh, get my lovely bride, Katie Coleman's personal favorite, the mocha frappe.
0: Mocha frappe, which is—I don't, I don't know—I don't even know what
1: that is. Never had it, but it looks good. She likes it. Yeah, it's really? very, you know, it's chocolatey and it's a coffee f- cold thingy. Yeah. So there you go.
0: There you go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we got a good show today Now, uh, some some housekeeping news uh, We will not be here tomorrow No podcast on Tuesday for us i got to go out of town for some stuff uh, So we will not be able to get together and, and put a podcast together So what we're going to do is we bring our SEC preview over uh, to today's show We're talking about Texas A&M But that's in the second half of the show The first half of the show Two big stories this weekend. Obviously, the Women's World Cup was was the first one. The second one was basically the, the 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 final straws were were pulled in NBA free agency. Of course, my heart was broken when Kawhi Leonard decided to go to the Los Angeles Clippers and brought Paul George with him. That is neither here nor there for though for the purposes of this show. We're going to talk about this. Now, a lot of people tell you that with the transfer portal and everything's happening, that free agency in college football is almost it's almost here. But i to we're gonna have a pretend world where there is just plain old fashioned free agency, <laughs> where you can just go wherever you want. At the, it doesn't. There are no restrictions on you. You can just get up and go. And for some reason, for whatever reason, in terms of a max slot, Mississippi State's got one. They uh, they can bring in a top college football free agent, and everybody's out there. Everybody's available to you. Just just for fun, just for grins and giggles. If I said State could just get one guy in college football today, where are you going to go? I, I got three names that, that come right to the top of my head, maybe, maybe four, but two's at the same position. I think I got, you have to start the discussion with Tua Tagovailoa and Trevor Lawrence, right? Yeah, probably because quarterback is the most important position
1: on the football field. And I, I don't disagree at all that one of those guys probably probably has to be your guy. And, and I mean, if, if we're talking about the here and now, you'd have to go Trevor Lawrence, right? Because you got likely more. He's not drafted. He's got, well, got I mean, at least two more I guess years. I'm, I,
0: I guess I'm not really thinking, thinking that about far. That, I'm not going thinking, that far down okay. the road with it,
1: yeah. Uh, but but anyway, I, probably because of the position they play, hmm you would have to go with one of those two guys, and I'll let you continue to talk about that here in a second. I don't want to get away from, from you talking about those guys and what you think about them, but for me, I think I would go to a or or you know the quarterback direction um or Trevor Lawrence, one of those guys, but it'd be awful hard to turn down Jerry Judy.
0: That's what yeah, that 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 was the wide receiver is probably the next place I would go. Lawrence and Tacovo are are the top two for sure. Uh, and, and in in this system, for for Moorhead, I don't I didn't see enough of Clemson to tell you what kind of runner Trevor Lawrence yeah. is, but he doesn't strike me as a as, as a plus runner. Whereas Tua is at least a plus runner. Tua is not a running quarterback, no. but he can run. Um, so I guess for this system, Tua would probably be the better choice um, for me. Now you mentioned Jerry Judy, Jerry Judy. Honestly, any of the three from Alabama. Henry Ruggs, Devontae Smith, Justin Ross over at Clemson. Um, trying to think around the country. Who else? An elite wide receiver. That almost makes more sense to me, to be totally honest with you. And that's, that may sound a little bit weird. And we're going to talk about this uh, on Wednesday's show when we break down the wide receivers. According yeah. to USA Today, here's some of your top receivers in the country. Give them to me. Jerry Judy, uh, Yeah, uh, Rondell Moore of Purdue. See, I don't know about... Rondell Moore is more of an all-purpose... He's a slot guy. Yeah, Uh, State needs a a stretch-the-field vertical guy. T. Higgins of Clemson. Big-time player. Justin Ross of Clemson. Big-time player. Tylen Wallace of Oklahoma State. Don't know enough about him to tell you. C.D. Lamb of Oklahoma. C.D. Lamb is a good player, but again, more of a a smaller, like a 5'11 guy. Jalen Rager of TCU. Don't know anything about him. Uh, That's Monte Rager's kid. That's what I do know. LaVisca Chenault of Colorado. Good player, but again, more not not. He needs more of a vertical threat, but he's not that six three six four guy.
1: Uh, have they actually ranked these? Is that what I'm looking at? Is I'm Gotta be receivers.
0: Gotta be. Yes, the
1: top ten best college football wide receivers. Well, there you go. And five best tight ends. Hey, you know we didn't talk about tight end, but you could go that direction too. I guess.
0: I'm. I'm. I'm that's. I feel like that's nitpicking at that
1: point. Well, you say that, but with uh, with Morehead was his was very was his leading uh, had more receptions than that's because than on he, the didn't team, ha- he didn't he didn't have at a.
0: A Jerry Judy, you yeah. didn't have a guy like that. So I don't know. You know, if you're a Tommy Stevens believer, I don't know that believer is the right word for me, but I I, I have some faith that he's going to be better. That state's going to be better at passing the football with him. I mean, and you got a good player in Zuber, but how much better could you be if you paired him with a truly elite receiver? That would be interesting to me. Yeah, hey, if you had Zuber and Jerry Judy, yeah. Plus, how much more faith would you have in Morehead if his quarterback was doing that? You're like, okay, if we can just get some receivers like that. We're going to be okay, because but if you do it with Tua, you're like, well, I mean, he got Tua. It doesn't really matter who the receivers are, right? So I'm, I can't wait to talk with receivers about you with you because I think that's a very interesting topic for a mission.
1: Yeah, and a lot of the problem with Mississippi State through the years, the last couple of years or whatever, I know a lot of people want to blame Nick, and he wasn't the passer they needed to be. And look, that's fair. You know, we saw him overshoot receivers. We saw him. Make poor throws and a bad decision here. I mean, it's fair. He was not the world's greatest, you know, passing quarterback. I didn't break in any news whatsoever. But state receivers hadn't created separation worth a darn no. in recent years. And a lot of drops. Yeah. So uh, it's, uh, it, it has been a multifaceted problem. And, and you, like you said, getting Tommy Stevens in, you feel like now Moorhead's got his guy, a guy that just, you know, coming. Coming off the Manning Passing Academy's earned rave reviews, and everybody's feeling good about him and his capability of passing the ball, it comes down, if that's the case, to the receiver play. I mean, I, I think that you cannot overlook the fact that that these receivers have looked—they just hadn't been all that good. No, I mean since since Fred Ross and Donald Gray left the building, and, and I mean, it, you're giving Donald Gray a little and more credit than it, I would. May, maybe so, but that said, I mean Donald Gray—if he was here, you'd take him right
0: now you would, sure. but again he doesn't feel the need that state has of a big downfield receiver you know that that a Judy or a Justin Ross or any of those guys really would do
1: but at least gray might make a great catch or something here and there haul
0: in something that he shouldn't have might. hauled in I don't kind know. of
1: deal i, I mean you, we we've seen the last couple of years plays that just should have been made. It wouldn't. I mean, you had Gidry's drop in the bowl game. Mm-hmm. You know, you had that. You had Osiris's drop against Florida. that won you the football game, right? You know, just simple. You had
0: a real, rec- a real threat at receiver. And, and if you your know.
1: receiver drops, happen, I know.
0: I, you know, that's not to. But they happen at a but higher. They, they
1: have happened at a very high rate. The last and few years. you
0: know a lot of people would tell you that that's Fitzgerald's fault that he throws a really tough to catch, uncatchable, hard football.
1: I would love to have. I don't know who we would have on, maybe Chad Bumpus or somebody, but Mm -hmm. just somebody just talk about that, like the the catchable football. I mean, so many times. Have I ever
0: told you the story of my one time catching a football from an SEC quarterback? I think that you have, yes. So
1: it was Tyler Russell. It was Tyler Russell. We were were at
0: Pro Day, and uh, we were just, you know, we're doing whatever we do at Pro Day, and he's over there with Bumpus just tossing the ball around, and I go over, I was talking to Bumpus, and I said, hey. Let me catch one so I can say I caught one from an SEC receiver. Now, he's maybe 10, 12 yards away from me, and he lets it rip, and it hits me. You heard the sound of it hitting my hands before it <laughs> hit my hands. Like, I heard a pop, and I was just like – and then I felt pain. I mean, he – and I don't think he threw it that hard, but he hummed it in there, and my hands went beat red. I was just like, oh, my God. How do you catch that? And, like, like I caught it, but jeez. So I get where so people like, I can understand how, if it had been any harder than that, I would not have caught it, because the pain of it catching it would have been too much. So shout out to the receivers in the SEC who do catch those passes. They must have hands as soft as pillows.
1: And it did seem, it seemed very often with Nick Fitzgerald, and if he they was sitting here beside me, there. yeah, it seemed very often, and he, if he was sitting here beside me, he might tell me I'm a blooming idiot, which yeah. is probably right, but... um we get paid to sit here and talk about what we see. And from my very untrained eye, it mm-hmm. did look like so many times he could have had a little more touch than what he had and, yeah. and did just blister footballs in there sometimes. Yeah. Now, that wasn't always the case for, for some of these drops, but just all these things kind of add up. Yeah, and I agree. You'd like to have a receiver that if you put it around them, however you put it around them, they can make the play. Yeah. And I, I feel like State has not had that in a long, long time. <laughs>
0: Would you try to go another route though? We've talked about quarterback and we've talked about receiver. Do you try to replace the guy who might be the biggest uh, missing piece on the team, and that's Jeffrey Simmons? Um, do you try to replace him? the The first guy that comes to mind when I when I think of him uh, would be De- Derek Brown, guy who you know was recruited pretty heavily by Mississippi State, um, out of Auburn now, it probably. He he probably could have been a first round draft choice last season, but it, as we know, it was such a stacked defensive line class. But that's a guy that, you know, probably could have made made it that far. Decided not to. Do you want him, Raquan Davis from Alabama? Um somebody like that, you know, a guy who fills up space in the middle and can at least provide you the same sort of skill set. That, that Jeff Simmons at. It
1: wouldn't be a bad choice, particularly considering what State's got, you know, in the interior of that defensive line. I mean, you're going to be relying heavily on Kendall Jones and Lee Autry, and you know, who knows? Maybe Fabian Lovett steps up and, and is a you know yeah. huge piece. You got there. a lot of inexperience. You got yeah. Beyond Autry and Kendall Jones, like everybody else, is kids. Pretty much, and and even Autry and, and Jones hadn't played just a, a, a ton, ton. Um, so, I mean, it's a definite hole in the team. But you may disagree with this assessment. But I, I feel like that the upgrade of go, getting a Judy or somebody like that and putting him with the receiving core, the upgrade is much higher than than getting you know a Derek Brown or somebody and putting him on the interior of that line. I, I guess I just and maybe I'll be proven wrong, but I, I feel like that no they're not going to be simmons but autry and, it's, it's and, Kendall Jones an and, of... and and those guys i feel like they can come closer to what jeff simmons maybe produced up in the up the middle than than what you know i just feel like the upgrade is more so when you when you get a a top of the line wide receiver than than what you would get there because look what's what's around those guys on the defensive line is a really good defense yeah. i mean, at other spots and you feel like that your defense is still going to be good no matter what but a, a game-changing receiver changes everything, I think, for this team.
0: I just look at it in terms of Simmons is the, the biggest departure, Yeah, the, biggest, the yeah. best player. Don't you want to try to replace? start with him? You know, Because he made everything go for that defense last year. And if you could put an elite defensive tackle in there, nose guard, maybe then you, you, could, can, you could replicate last year's success. And then if you're any better on offense, all of a sudden, you might be a real player in the SEC West. That was
1: what I was going to ask you. If I told you today – that, I don't know, say this happened and you signed Derrick Brown or whoever, put him in the middle of that defensive line, and this defense replicated last year's success, was the number one defense in the country again. What do you think Mississippi State is this year? If they replicated the exact production of last year. If they had it, the number one total defense yeah, in the 12, country? Yeah, 12, 12 they probably, probably
0: win 10, 10 games, at least 10. They're probably not going to beat Alabama. And then LSU and Auburn are sort of, well, Auburn's not really a toss at that point. I think you beat them. LS usually the only toss-up in that point. he beat everybody else. So you think? Because you'd be better. I think you're going to be better offensively.
1: Ten at least and probably 11. Is what Again, you're thinking.
0: I, they'll say, I say the same thing. I said it a million times. Instead, stated average 29 points per game. Exactly. If they had scored 29 points in every game last year, they would have been undefeated. So, I mean, 29 points, four touchdowns a game, is not a lot to ask of an offense. So if I can, you're telling me I can get that? If I'm going to be that much better offensively with the same defense, I'm, I'm I'm going to push, I'm going to push Alabama at that point. Yeah, so,
1: so it, it, it maybe maybe I'm, I'm trying to make a case here for Derek Brown. Yeah, you get Derek Brown back in there. Maybe this defense is extremely similar to last year because you feel like Chauncey Rivers can feel that sweat roll a little bit. Yeah, I'm not saying that I'm not saying and that. And I he like will be the safeties rounder, with Cole
0: and Landry's and Murphy and and Walker back there. I feel fine with that. Or CJ Morgan Walker, I should say. So And you feel like Brian, yeah, Brian Cole can fill the Jonathan Abram role a yeah. little bit. I mean, you
1: you feel like that this defense can look very similar to last year, so maybe you get a Derrick Brown or somebody plug him there in the middle. It is extremely similar. All of a sudden the offense is better with just Tommy Stevens and Zuber and maybe getting Kyle and Hill the ball a little more. Maybe that is the route you go. Um, I don't think that's a bad route to take, but by doing that, what you're doing is counting on Isaiah Zuber to, to then be your – you know, go-to guy, and you're counting on Mitchell and company to to take a stride forward, and the drops to stop, and that, that sort of thing. So, I think that's a little more dangerous play um, because you could end up with an offense that's similar to last year too. Could I, I think the offense will be better, and then and in that case, you got basically the same problems you had last year. But uh, but yeah, you can definitely make a case for, for Derek Brown too. Yeah. Or so, somebody
0: like so that. So obviously that's going to be today's uh, trivia question or poll question. Is you know who would you take if you could get one free agent? I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna do both quarterbacks with with Brown and uh, and Judy. Judy. Who Judy. would you? T- I think I'd go Judy. I'm gonna go Judy. I'm gonna go Judy. Just. You know what? I'm so sick of Ole Miss having elite wide receivers. <laughs> When's the last time State had? I mean, you know, we're about to do the receiver thing this week on Sports Talk Mississippi. That'll that'll be you know where we go, and you know. I, I did some research, and I'm like, my top four guys, there's not a bulldog in there. I mean, Fred Ross is State's all-time leading receiver, and I, I'm not going to put him in, in the same group with the, with the other guys, you know? what do you,
1: do you think, while we're on this topic, Dan Mullen's biggest blunder, or I don't know if you want to call it a blunder, miss, whatever, was not getting A.J. Brown to campus? Um, Because how different is the last – because how many times the last three or four years have we said, State needs that guy? You know, What if A.J. Brown had been on this team the last three years? Well, it
0: would have been a totally different thing. Well, I mean, first off, you would have really known about Fitzgerald. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because if if A.J. Brown couldn't have caught it, it wasn't catchable. Um, I don't know that – I'm not one of those people who wants to just crush Mullen for that. I think it was pretty evident early on. Oh, I
1: think A.J. wanted to leave. He wanted to leave. Yeah.
0: You know, and if he had gone to Alabama, nobody would have really cared. He went to Ole Miss, is the difference. And then people might get on to me. Some people I work with might get on to me. But completely wasted his college career because he could have been a difference maker on a really good team. You know, and, but he wasn't.
1: Well, it's tough to say he wasted when he's a first round pick. He's but, a second round pick. Or second round pick. Yes, that's right. He, yeah. he did fall in the second round, yeah. didn't he? I'm sorry. But
0: I'm, I'm just saying he could have been a three time All American on a, on a team that won championships and said he never went to a bowl. And yeah. that to me is. Anywhere, you can go anywhere in college and, and put up stats and go, go, get drafted in the NFL. That can happen. It's, what did you do in the games? What, did you play in games that mattered? A.J. Brown could have been a difference maker for a team in games that mattered, and he chose not to do that. Yeah. Then that, that's, you know, that's his choice. Um, so I don't want I don't to kill Mullen for that as much. For me, Mullen's biggest, uh, if, if we're going to go down this road a little bit, his biggest flaw as a recruiter was he, he never had like, balance anywhere. He, and he he never seemed to have real Plan Bs for when you, he would go after a big guy, not get him, and then wait until two weeks before signing day, and he offered like four guys, and just whoever committed first got the spot. Now it worked out sometimes. That's how you got like Elton Jenkins. Yeah, you know. But at the same time, so you know that's why when you look at State Moorhead's class this year, there's so many JUCOs, and, and just added another yeah yeah or to the signing class. Oh yeah. Hey, hey, speak hey, speaking of of that. Yeah, four-star defensive end Jer- Jordan Davis out of Colen Community College, the nation's top-ranked junior college prospect. By 24-7, he's third in the 24-7 composite. Flips his commit from, commitment from Tennessee. This is the third team he's been committed to. He was originally committed to Alabama, then Tennessee, and then uh, now Mississippi State. Taking the tour of the SEC. Hey, you know what? I don't have a problem with this. I don't to do what you, do what you want, Chief. Um, nine junior college players in this class now. Four junior college defensive linemen. We're just talking about Mullen. It's pretty obvious there was a hole yeah. between 16-17 when you got Simmons, Sweat, Rivers... Autry and now, you know now yeah. you feel like those guys like uh, Pickering, Crumity, Love it are going to be able to fill those roles, but there's just not a lot of experience. And if they don't pan out, then you need these UCU guys to come in immediately. Jordan Davis is sort of the best of the bunch, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and like I said, twenty four seven sports, top ranked defensive end, uh, top ranked prospect out of UCU, regardless of position, in the, in the country, yeah. regardless of position, and you feel like. Defensive end is one of those positions for me. You can tell me I'm an idiot if you want to, too, as Nick Fitzgerald would have if he was here a while ago. Um, but it feels like to me as defensive end is one of those spots where you expect they can come in and produce immediately. It's not an offensive line thing like Martinez Rankin where you have to learn right. a lot of – It's get after the quarterback.
0: It's go get him. Sweat was good from day one. Rivers was going to be good from day one had he been able to to play. Um, Danico Autry, his career at Mississippi State was a little underwhelming, but he's played – in the NFL ever since, so he obviously was a talented person. Um, and yeah, with Davis, I mean, six foot five, two hundred and fifty pounds, probably going to put another 20, 25 pounds on. At, at, he's going to be, I think, he'll be a good. You know, he, he's got the frame, he's certainly got the talent, he's got the the, the highlights, and we'll see. You know, and and you know, Alabama doesn't go after nobodies. You know, yeah, so that, that, especially there's that too. Yeah, so I mean, especially at the JUCO level, yeah, if they're taking a JUCO guy, that tends to be pretty good. Like the last one, I. The last couple I remember them taking Dequan Menzies, Isaiah Bugs, those you know uh, Savion Smith. Those have all been really good players. So yeah, uh, and then Tennessee. I mean Tennessee's a good recruiting. You know they, they recruit well too. Not good enough, you know, to be a national power, despite what some other radio hosts might tell you. But they recruit well. Yeah. Um, Jones is. I don't know. I feel like he's recovered.
1: I, I feel like there was a time there not long ago where people were the really... pendulum is swinging back yeah.
0: <laughs> to the good side of things. The bowl game. Here, and I've said this before. The bowl game killed him. Because if State wins that game, they're 9-4. and four, They've beaten the hell out of Ole Miss. You feel like you're in complete control. And you won nine games. And you, Okay, we're going to be all right. Losing that bowl game took all of the air out of the balloon, Every last bit of it. And then the recruiting class was pretty good. But it was, it was sort of underwhelming considering the amount of talent in the state. And you, you, know, you had Charles Moore flip on you at the last minute. You didn't get Byron Young. Then you lost those assistant coaches. And it just, it felt like it was trending in the wrong direction. But then you pick up Stevens and Zuber. You're recruiting well at this point. It feels like things are starting to turn back a little bit. It's going to be, he'll never have, unless he wins nine or 10 games this year, which I don't think he will, but he'll never get that momentum back that he had at the beginning unless he starts, you know, piling winning seasons up. But, at least right now, I feel like the majority of the fan base is sort of it's it's. I keep, trending upward, it's trending upward. I keep using this hand gesture that nobody can see. I'm like it's like that radio <laughs> dial, and it's like it's just, it's just pushing forward. I, I feel like that, yeah, for sure. So yeah, uh, Jordan Davis, the 22nd. Not a lot of room. It's so hilarious. It's not hilarious is the right word, but he has 22 commitments without sweating. I could tell you 10 more guys that they're recruiting that they would take. No question in my mind, they would take these guys. Just looking at. Just looking at the state of Mississippi, McKinley Jackson. I think they would take him. Now you know he's had some. Evidently, he's, he's running some issues. He's dropped a ton. This guy was a top ten player, but prior to his uh, prior to this summer, now he's dropped down to one fifteen. He was the number one defensive tackle in the country. Now he's tenth. You know, he's six foot one and a half and three hundred thirty pounds. They're talking about him being out of shape and not doing well at these camps. But you know, the talent is there. They'd probably take him. Yeah. Uh, if they could flip Josiah Hayes from Ole Miss, they'd probably take him. Uh, they would take Eli Acker. The lineman out of uh, Columbus, Mississippi Heritage Academy. They'd flip him, take him. They would take Alex Adams back into the fold, no question about that. They will take. They would probably take. I don't know if they would take EJ Mason anymore. You know, that's a guy that you know. I think he he ended up getting some bad advice there. He's going to end up being at USM or La Tech or something like that. Um, if they could flip Khalil Benson, they probably would take him. Um, just looking around, some of these other guys. That's just in the state of Mississippi. You know that's before you get to guys like you know Tyus Wheat, the JUCO uh, linebacker. They would definitely take him. Um, I'm trying to see some more guys that of the uh, what's the word they, they 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 have them here offers targets targets is the word I'm looking for. <laughs> if twenty four seven would cooperate with me, I understand why it doesn't want to though. You know those those guys they never been big fans of mine. Uh, Aaron Parks, the big uh, lineman out of uh, Maryland, they would definitely take him. Um, they would probably take, I'm trying to look here. There's Wheat. Um, they would take Bryce, Bryson Eason, the linebacker out of Memphis. They would take him. So, I mean, they got 22 commitments. They would easily take another 10 guys. So, I don't know how that's going to work. You know what, though? What?
1: It always does.
0: It always does work out, yeah. It always yeah. does work out. Yeah. So, we'll see where it goes. But class currently ranked 17th. I think it's going to end up staying in that same sort of spot, you know, because it's almost full. You know, there's not a whole lot of wiggle room left uh, for them. So, we'll see where it takes us. All right. Last thing on the show today, good call, by the way. I've completely forgotten they've yeah, gotten a commitment. I,
1: I slipped my mind too, till we started talking about Mullen and recruiting. And yeah. Then, yeah.
0: So I, wrote, anyway. I wrote that, my, my little tiny article about him uh, while I was on the show on Friday. I was like, mm hmm. I was like, mm hmm, mm mm-hmm. Click, click, click. Just, just <laughs> typing away. You can maybe hear the keyboard. All right, Texas A&M. I think I've said this before. I feel like this is the year before the year for them. Now, I said that uh, in 15. I remember interviewing Bruce Feldman, of all people. And he was like, yeah, you might be onto to something. This might be the year before the year. Because in 16, I thought they were going to be really, really good. Now, what I didn't know was that Kyle Allen and Kyler Murray were going to transfer out. Uh, but they ended up having Trevor Knight, and they were good for a bit. And yeah. then they came to Starkville, and then the balloon popped. Sort of the same feeling this year, though. Kellen Mond, I like him. He's a decent quarterback. They've got some talent. they got Jimbo Fisher. But they have a brutal schedule. Yeah. I mean, right now... I think the absolute ceiling is eight and four, just based on their schedule. So let's look at it. Do you, before you get into, do you yeah. think there's any chance that
1: that Jimbo Fisher kind of turns into the Gus Malzahn, the overpaid dude that just can't?
0: I think there's get a much done. better chance of that of the, than Texas A&M A and M becoming the new Alabama or Clemson, because I've been hearing A and M is a sleeping giant my whole life, and you know eventually the giant is just dead. Uh, he's not asleep. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, there's a lot better chance of that happening than. Them replacing Alabama at the yeah. top of the, of, the, of the chart. All right, uh, Texas State, that's a win for them. That's how they'll open the season. That's on Thursday night. Thursday night football. That's how we Seems start. Like they open up on Thursday a lot. They do. They do, which is fine by me. I'll, I'll watch the game. Yeah. Um, and then week two. Now, this game a year ago was what gave you some thought that Texas A&M was going to be pretty good because they handled Clemson. They had a chance to win the game and couldn't get it done. This time, though, they traveled to Death Valley to play the Tigers. I'm definitely going to go with Clemson in me this Me too. One. So they're okay. one and one. They play Lamar, which is not really fair. I mean they're playing one dude named Lamar. What is that? Yeah. Uh, but they'll beat them. Can you uh, get Billy or somebody in to help? Two and one <laughs> two and one. Lamar's a good Southern name too. It is. My cousin Lamar. Uh and then they play Auburn. They bring Auburn to college station. I'm not high on Auburn. This is one of those things, right? Who's got the better quarterback? A and M. Got the better coach? A and M. Where's the game? A and M. Why would I pick Auburn?
1: Yep. This is one of those games where uh, things start turning sour for Gus again. I think
0: so, yeah. Uh then they play that that annual I don't know why this game is played at Dallas. There were only 55,000 people at this game a year ago for the game with Arkansas. They play every year in in, in Arlington. Uh but I and they have never and AM has never lost this game. So I will assume that that tradition continues. So now they're they're you know, they're 4-1. Feeling pretty good. Yeah. And they got they got a chance to you know it's the it's the close of the season. But this next game they're going to lose because that's when Alabama comes to College Station. 4-2. 4-2. Still At four and two with losses to Texas and or to Alabama and Clemson, you're probably in the top ten. Probably. All right. Then they get back to back games with the Mississippi schools. They travel to Ole Miss. I think they'll win that game just because they'll run the football and Ole Miss can't stop it. And then they have Mississippi State, which that's a big game for State. It's a big game for both. For A and M too. Yeah, it's a big game because State has won four of the last five. Uh, They won the last time they were there. And if you again, if you think State's better, going to be better offensively. You know, last year this was the game where Nick Fitzgerald had his best game as a college quarterback, in my opinion. Really looked sharp on the ball. Both Osiris Mitchell and Stephen Guidry were over 100 yards receiving. Um, he ran the uh, then they call it the touchdown play
1: yeah. at the end with the the 70 something yard. Yeah. scamper to, exactly. to put
0: the game away. And then you know, defensively, State's just been able to handle Texas A and M. It's almost like A and M's defense offense is not built to handle Mississippi State's defense. As we sit here today. My 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 the things I just said. I know who I know. Kellen Mond. That's probably better than Tommy Stevens. Um, I think Fisher's a better coach than Moorhead. and the game's at A and M. So I'm going to pick A and M. But I won't be surprised at all when we do this pick on the week of if October. If it changes, if it's changed right?
1: I'm, I'm exactly right there with you too. I, I, it's not going to shock me if I if State comes out and Tommy Stevens and company looks like the offense is better and things. Then this is the kind of game that my prediction will change. Yeah. But as we sit here today, no one. For sure, the things that we know for sure, right? It's hard to pick. It's hard to pick state other and
0: so, so five six and, six and two. two. Then they play Texas San Antonio to go to seven and two, and then at home against South Carolina to eight and two. And you're like, wow, they're going to go to the Cotton Bowl or something like that. And then they go to Georgia. They're going to lose that game. I mean, Georgia's just better than them. They on the road.
1: eight and three with the three losses to three playoff teams,
0: and then they finish up with LSU, who they have only beaten one time since the uh, conference's read them and that was LSU? it's at LSU and that was last year in that crazy what eight overtime 76-74 game which has which was so ridiculous it changed the rules of overtime they have changed the rules because of that game which makes me mad i don't have a problem with games like that i, I let them play all night what do i care but i'm going to take LSU to Why win did that they game they change the
1: rule too
0: uh, after like the third overtime it's uh it's just two point conversion plays
1: I thought that has been like that. It's been like
0: that. No, no, no. There's no touchdowns anymore. It's just a two-point conversion play. How did I miss this? I'm pretty sure I'm right. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just... Hold on. Now you're going to make me look it up. <laughs> I'm not saying you're wrong.
1: I just missed that. Which, my wife says I miss crap all the
0: time. They approve, okay, NCAA approved changes to college football overtime and to targeting. And this is from... Of course... Gotta unblock yeah. us. Unblock your ads. No. I will not unblock my ads. <laughs> I did
1: not mean to turn this into a, a Google search right, go. pod, podcast. Uh,
0: yeah, once a team reaches the fifth overtime, they will run alternating two-point plays instead of starting a new drive.
1: Fifth overtime.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. So there it is.
1: I totally missed that.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, it changed, it, they, they forced a rule change. Uh, but LSU wins, and AM goes from 8-2 and two to 8-2, and two, probably top 10 in the country, to 8-4 and four, and maybe 18th or 19th. That's that's that's, that's got to be the toughest two games to finish the season that anybody in the country has, because I think LSU is going to be like right there, uh, with them, you know, as with with those playoff teams. So that's tough. Three of your four games are against teams that are probably going to be in the college football playoff. Same problem South Carolina had yeah. last week. The difference is a And M is much better. So eight and four go to a bowl game, and then I think next year they will either take off or. Because they won't have Georgia and they won't have Clemson. They'll have, I don't know who they have off the top yeah, of my no, Yeah, no clue. That they won't have those two two games to lose. They'll either take off next year or they're just an 8-14. and 14. Yeah. And that's just what they are.
1: It'll be the year where Jimbo starts hearing the
0: grumbles, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But you know what? That's the weirdest thing. What can they do? Yeah. The whole contract's guaranteed. He's getting his 75 mil regardless. What commercial is that? Remember that? Regardless. I, I, uh, I thought you were going for like the, the cost at Ricola. No, no. Regardless. It was, it was some car dealership. Oh, well. All right. No show tomorrow. Oh, who are we doing next week? We got, uh, what we have left? Tennessee? Next week, you're on your own, buddy. Oh, that's right. So I just, I'm, Well, you, you can pick for me, though. Tennessee, Vanderbilt, or we haven't done Kentucky yet either, have we? Oh. Uh, no, we did Kentucky. We haven't done Mizzou. I don't know. I don't know who we haven't done. Yeah, we haven't done no Tennessee. We haven't done Tennessee. Do Tennessee. The only the only problem I have with telling you to do Tennessee is you want to do I, I might want to be inclusive. All right, in well, Tennessee. never mind then. You know what? I'll take next week off from predictions. We'll we'll, we'll catch up.
1: Well, you can you, you. Hi-da-da-da. okay. Hi-da-da-da. Your show. Shush, 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 shush You show.
0: All right. I, I just ride shotgun here. But yeah, t- tomorrow no show, and then we're back on uh, Wednesday. We'll break down the receiver position, and that's going to be a very very interesting discussion. Uh, and then we'll uh, we'll continue on from there. We'll do opponent preview this week for uh, Texas A and M. Just speaking of the Aggies. It's Aggie week here on Thunder and Lightning. <laughs> Gig'em. Tyler Horka just turned, the, turned the, uh, mm. the podcast off. All right. Guys, have a great Monday. Back with you on Wednesday for Joel T. Coleman. Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Supertalk Mississippi.